You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. Doing good. We're approaching the Christmas day. It's holiday season. Um, so we're going to be wrapping up our safety class to in this episode, which is pretty exciting before we, you know, get into the real meat of draft season, which is very cool. For sure. It's a very fun safety class as mm-hmm. well. Um, we're going to start out, we're going to do our top 10 today, but we are going to start out with a few honorable mentions and I will start first with, uh, uh, someone from, uh, program i am a fan of trey dean the third from florida um we talked about him in an earlier episode one shout him out here again um i think he's a guy where with how much he has done positionally it's going to add value to him just because he can do it he might not do it very well but he can do some of the stuff and then just a very physically impressive safety in terms of build size length um straight line speed um he has the ability to be able to match up with those bigger slot receivers and the tight end types um doesn't have the quickness to be able to do much in terms of uh, the shiftier slot receivers and uh running backs but still has his uses and uh can also be a uh competent special teamer with that size and length and straight line speed. So someone that's very interesting um, for me in terms of that early th- day three type guy. Um, who's an honorable mention for you, Mitch? Yeah, I just want to make a few little comment on Dean. Yeah, a lot of those things you mentioned, just kind of like size, like those like very basic um, kind of um, <clears throat> critical factors like that, like that's going to interest teams. You know, if you are big, you're strong, you're fast, you're athletic, um, you can, <clears throat> you'll generate interest in NFL teams. So, you know, I think he's, not, he, you know, he's maybe not the most refined player and he also has a versatility, which is nice. So, you know, that's going to make him a, um, a hot commodity for me. Uh, a few of my honorable mentions, uh, one was Xavier Henderson. Uh, he's a safety from Michigan state. Uh, I watched him with our big 10 guys. We just didn't have time to talk about him. Um, mostly cause he wasn't the most impressive player. Um, he's a fourth year player who plays, you know, all over their defense. You know, they play that quarter scheme for the last few years. Uh, now they're kind of moving out of that, but he's mostly a box player. Um, then he's, you know, kind of, he's basically a guy that I would say, you know, he's six, one, two, ten. If you can get 10 to 15 pounds on him, you might just want to move him to linebacker. Um, cause he's a really good hitter, really good tackler. Um, he's, you know, he's a big communicator. He's kind of their pre-snap guy, but post-snap action confuses him. Um, doesn't have a ton of ball skills. So, you know, if you can make him a linebacker or, you know, if he just kind of becomes a dime linebacker, kind of like what the Steelers did with Marcus Allen, the former Penn state safety, that would be of interest to me, but day three guy who, you know, could be your special team safety. That's the captain there for a while. Um, who was a guy that I was like, okay, this guy can see what this guy does. He's limited, but you know, he could fill a role. 
Uh, do you have any other guys you want to talk about here? Oh uh, yeah. Smoke Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. An- another guy who has that good frame as well and going to be a uh, solid contributor. Uh, I know there are people that are higher on Smoke Monday than I am, but I do think he's going to be another guy in that solid, like uh, early day three type of guy. Um, just say uh, he- he's he's a good tackler, but I don't necessarily love how I think he lacks a little bit of aggressiveness in terms of getting downhill quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that with a frame like his, you expect a bit more out of him in terms of aggressiveness. And that would be something I would look for out of him going forward. Yeah. I'll come back to smoke Monday um, in a little bit. My other honorable mention was Jalen Petre, uh, who is the slot defender for Baylor. A uh, really interesting player. You know, he, He's when he gets when he's when he was getting recruited, it was the Arp Ryle staff. Uh, but then he switched to Matt Rule after all the bad stuff happened to Baylor. And he stayed committed to Baylor. Uh, played a ton as a true freshman in 2017. Uh, played in every game, made eight starts. And then his playing time decreased the next two years until Dave Aranda came in in 2020 and they moved him kind of out of a traditional linebacker role to the star position, playing in the slot. And he was first team all big 12, started every game, led the team in tackles. Uh, this past year in 2021, he was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, first team All Big 12 again, led the team in solo tackles, TFLs, and pass breakups. Um, he had the highest run defense grade in the Big 12 and the second highest in all of college football at a 20% snap minimum. Um, so he, again, like I said, he plays it in the slot like almost all the time, um, or at least in the overhang area, and they even like flex him down to the uh, line of scrimmage almost as like an edge linebacker. Um, he's a pretty explosive athlete, uh, and he's got pretty good strength for a guy who's only six foot uh, about 200 pounds it's like if if he's going up against offensive lineman he's going to hold his own um got really good hit hitting and stopping power a very smart player uh, flows well in zone coverage uh yeah he's okay in man you know he's fine against tight ends running backs wire receivers might give him some issues um he's like i said he's a pretty pure slot player so i'm a little concerned about him transitioning into a more traditional safety role in terms of playing in the deep zones that's what that would be my quote worst trait um and for improvement i said man coverage for him but i think teams are going to like him you know he's kind of a spark plug player um if you're running a more modern hybrid defense you know you can get him on the field because i think with his athleticism he has the tools to be a more uh well-rounded safety it's just that's what not where he was uh used in college but i think he could develop into something special maybe down the road yeah and and so he he's a guy he came in at number 10 for me uh, for my top safeties. And I, I really liked his athleticism. I thought, like you said, in that star position, I thought he was a very good blitzer mm-hmm. um, yep. there. I thought that was his best trait was his blitzing, which isn't necessarily something you look for out of safety, but because of those athletic traits surrounding him, I think that when you see someone with that athleticism, if, if they're going to be good at the, other stuff such as blitzing i think you believe in his ability to develop the typical safety position stuff like you said uh and i do think his hip fluidity is pretty solid for a safety um so i think he has that ability to eventually be a guy who you trust to be able to man uh play man coverage against those uh smaller running backs and i also think he can uh 
play man against tight end. So I liked him as that late third, um, that comp pick range type of guy. That's where I had him. Yeah, that's about where I had him too. And we'll kind of flip-flop with our own mentions and tens here because my 10 is Smoke Monday. Um, and I pretty much agree with a lot of what you said. You know, I do I, I think I like his run defense actually a little more than you did. I thought he was pretty good about coming downhill against the runs and the screens. Uh takes on blocks very well. Uh he's good at very good man coverage, which was kind of surprising to see from a safety. Um, got great length at 6'3, 200. Um, he's a little handsy in man coverage, occasionally too aggressive in terms of jumping the route. And I think he's just, there's a lot that goes into that part of it. It's just, he plays a little too high in his stance and is a bit stiff. And I think he's still a little unsure in terms of trusting his eyes and hesitating. And that it goes with man and zone. So, you know, obviously again, having not watched a ton of his 2021 tape looking at 2020, uh, maybe that's an issue he's kind of resolved, but I think that he's a guy who can play a lot of roles you know, when he gets drafted in the NFL and he has plus athleticism, he's willing to defend the run. So he checks off a lot of boxes for most teams. So I think that will make him a, a coveted player. And I, I would have him going in about the probably like right around the early mid third range. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just a little bit lower. Like I said, I had him as that early fourth type mm-hmm. of guy. I'm um, just barely missing out on my top 10. Um, I believe I had him at 12. So okay. um, not not much farther off than you. Um, so I guess next up we have number nine for me. That's uh, I struggled because I felt like nine was low on this guy because I am absolutely in love with him. I feel like me and you are going to be driving the train on this guy, the hype train for him. And that's Damani Richardson out of Texas A&M. Uh, one of my favorite players just to watch him and uh, like his teammate that I'll get to a little bit later are uh, are two of my favorite safeties just to watch. I love their tackling aggression. I really like Damani Richardson's man coverage ability. Um, I had him as that uh, early to mid third round guy and uh, he is just a junior, but I, I would love to get him in uh I know I've been doing anytime I'm doing a mock draft, I'm picking Richardson up and you're getting him in the fifth round right now. And I'm absolutely loving that. I really was a fan of his game um, overall. And like I said, the aggression, his ability to go downhill, his ability in man coverage and big, bigger guy at 210 pounds, I believe. Um, So just an overall pretty solid player and not getting a whole lot of love at this point in the process. So uh, who's your number nine, Mitch? Yeah, now I'm I'm a little worried. We're going to have pretty identical top tens because he's also my number nine. (laughs) So we might be running it back with, I think it was Jordan Battle that we were identical on. But yeah, I mean, again, this safety duo is awesome. Richardson's been playing since he was a true freshman in 2019. He's more of the free safety uh, player, uh, but in, very impressive in man coverage, but can also play deep center and do all that stuff. Um, I think I think he's a really impressive player. You know, he prov- uh, provides a skill set that you know is relatively unique with college safeties these days in terms of being able to actually play those deep zones, but can also play a man in the slot. So yeah, I really like him. I think that you know he is a younger player, so there are some technical flaws that I think he has time to get resolved and he has the athletic ability to somewhat make up for them. So he's my number nine right now. Um, you know, I think if, if he decides to come back, um, you know, maybe he kind of elevates his game where he's a first round safety, but I think if he comes out now, 
he's comfortably a top 100 pick, possibly a round two guy, I think. Yeah, and you you don't know with him just because of the fact that, like, obviously websites aren't the best indicator. Obviously, he's going to go to see what the NFL people think of him. But if the NFL people are similar to where a lot of places online are, he might go back just because if he's in that fifth, sixth round range, mm-hmm. he might go back. But we are just a lot higher on him than most of those other places. So I, yeah, I mean, I'll, we've, we've said this is a really good safety class and I still, I still stand by that, but looking at the guys, like I have below him, like I feel very comfortable at him being significantly better than some of these other guys I watch, you know, like yes. Xavier Henderson, a Colby Harvell peel above a bold. And like, I feel so much better about drafting him well, way higher than them. So, you know, I think that, I think maybe he's just flown under the radar. And I think once people start to kind of figure him out, they're like, okay, this is a guy that needs to be highly valued. Yeah, for for me, I definitely saw a drop off from that uh, nine to ten. Uh, mm. I thought there was a pretty good drop off there. I thought Richardson was in a class above uh, Petre and uh, Monday, and uh, Tyke Smith was another guy for me in there. Um, so for me, my number eight guy is Brandon Joseph out of Northwestern. Um, I thought he as a uh, mainly slot player. Uh, thought he was very good going downhill. Thought he was good in run support. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff about struggles this year. Haven't gotten to watch the 2021 film yet. This is based off of 2020 film at the moment. But uh, yeah, I thought he was very good as that run support defender in the slot um, for Northwestern. And I thought he was a uh, late second maybe down to an early third, but that top, like, uh, definitely a top, like, 70 guy for me, um, right there on the borderline. I, I was a, I was a fan of Joseph's game. We'll be interested to see if 2021 is worse or not, because uh, obviously with him, there was a lot of round one hype going into the year. Um, I didn't see that and the hypes really died down. So I'm, going to be interested if the dislike for Joseph this year is more because of he didn't live up to that round one height or because he was just bad yeah I was going to mention that so Joseph is my 11th uh, so just missed the cut here Um, I I, when I'm watching him you know I kept kind of just waiting for some of these big plays to happen they really just weren't there so I was kind of wondering because I had heard a lot of that hype being like okay like this guy just isn't really making the kind of plays that I expected, um, you know, again, did everything pretty well. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of his athletic ability or range. So you may be just playing that true free safety wasn't in the cards for him, but you know, he's still a young player. This is only his red shirt sophomore year. Uh, and, you know, again, didn't have the best season Northwestern in general, didn't have the best season. So that might've been contributing to it. Um, so he might come back, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how good that team is going to be in 2022, maybe transfers or something, but yeah, I mean, I, I still liked him. Um, you know, there's a, definitely a baseline of a solid player there, but he did not end up making my top 10. Um, but my number eight guy is, I'm not sure if you got the chance to watch him in the time since we uh, talked about this group of guys, but it's Brad Hawkins, who's the uh, safety from Michigan, who's a 6'1", guy. And, you know, he's built like a big, strong safety, but this guy can do everything. I believe he's going to the Shrine Bowl this year. I can check real quick. Okay. Um but he's a fifth year player. He's yeah, been a cap Okay. He's been a captain for multiple seasons. Uh 
He's crazy athletic, especially for his size. Does everything really well. Um, do they even bump him down to linebacker sometimes? He play, but he also plays top free, uh, plays in the slot. Uh, I'm just, I was just super impressed with him. Again, this is a guy who like versatility was a really good trait. Um, I think in the NFL, um, he's, he's definitely going to be a more traditional strong safety. Um, I'm not sure you're going to play him at, at the uh, you know post free safety as much, just given his. He's not going to have the NFL speed maybe in range, but uh, he's really good in cover two schemes, uh, reading his route concepts, maintaining his spacing. Um, pretty good mover uh, in terms of the, um, like at the, at the moving at the turn, you know, flipping his hips back and forth. Um, and his size makes him a really good asset in covering, you know, tight ends. So in the NFL where the teams are throwing to tight ends more than ever, I think this guy's a real asset and he does a lot of things really well that I think make him worthy of a um, round two pick. Yeah, uh, Hawkins is not a guy that I got to watch, but uh, obviously with how well that defense has been playing, he's a guy we're going to get to see in at least one more big game this year, if not Mm -hmm. two. Um, So it's going to be uh, very interesting because you look at that Michigan schedule there. There's a big jump in terms of – Offensive, yeah, offensive <laughs> passing acumen from uh, their typical opponent to what they're going to face here, um, it, with the exception of Ohio State, and that mm. defense was very exceptional uh, against Ohio State, holding them just 27. So it will be interesting to see how he does in those games coming up. But yeah, not a guy that I got to watch. So uh, who's your number seven, Mitch? I'm going to stick in the big 10 here and I'm going to go with Jaquan Brisker um, guy that's had a really good 2021. Again, we've said this, but uh did not, did not have as much film in 2020 for him, but really, again, another guy where it's a lot of really good baseline stuff, you know, good athleticism, really good in run defense um, can play in the slot can play free, can do all that. An older player uh, is that uh, I, my favorite trait of his was tackling um, really smart player in terms of uh, coming downhill, fitting the run. Um, I was concerned a little bit about just his pure speed, uh, but he's, I think maybe he's kind of, it's again, you can't really figure out speed, but he seems like he's just playing faster this year. You know, maybe he's kind of just locked everything in and he's making a lot more plays on the ball. So, you know, six, one, two Oh five can do, you know, a lot of different things for you in defense. So I like him as a, you know, mid second round pick who can, you know, probably start and contribute immediately in most defenses. Yeah. So my number seven guy probably going to be a bit of a uh, hotter take to have him at seven um it's uh verone mckinley from mm. oregon um i feel like a lot of people are a good bit higher on him but i had, i had him as that uh mid second round type range um i i think obviously with the interception numbers his ball skills are his worst trait but you you go in and you go I don't know if it was a uh, case of just too high of expectations given those ball skills, but I was uh, not necessarily impressed with what I saw. I thought he was solid. I didn't necessarily know outside of the ball skills um, if there was anything exceptional. I thought he was a very solid safety with those good ball skills, and that's worth a lot in the modern NFL. Um, the modern game, just getting turnovers is just so extremely valuable. It can swing a lot, but it's also something that isn't very sticky year to year. So mm-hmm. if 
if you have a guy who is extremely reliant on those interceptions and he has the one year of data to back it up, it's not necessarily something that I'm going to fully uh, trust. But I do think you see him make the ball plays on the ball and he has the good, he has good instincts to make plays on the ball. He has good technique on the ball. So you, he has everything right, but you know, year to year and even game to game, you know, sometimes you'll end up dropping those. Sometimes the throw will be a little bit uh, different than you expect. And you just can't necessarily uh, expect to have those interceptions fall your way. And so I think for me, I'm just a little bit lower on him because of that. He's a very solid player, but outside of the ball skills and getting interceptions, I don't necessarily know if he is elite at anything else. Okay. That's a fair, I have him, I do have him a good bit higher, so I'll come back around to it, but I think that is a, a fair take and critique of him um, in terms of that stickiness of turnover quality. But uh, for my number six is a guy I briefly mentioned earlier. It's Jordan Battle, uh, the strong state from Alabama, who we were both identical on in terms of his traits. Um, you know, more of a just kind of a pure, true, strong safety, even though he plays deep for Alabama a lot in those two high shells. But um, best, tr- really good in zone coverage in terms of triggering downhill towards the ball or the receiver. Uh, good in run defense, willing to stick his nose in there with tackling and taking on blockers. Uh, but not the best in terms of a pure man safety. You know, he's covering wide receivers. They'll give him some trouble. Um, and I'm a little concerned about his athleticism, but, you know, if you can get him in the right scheme, he's going to be a pretty good contributor, you know, right away. And coming from Alabama, you know, that's a great pedigree for safety. So uh, Jordan Battle for number six. Yeah, uh, I'll get to battle in a little bit. Uh, my number six is uh, Jaquan Brisker out okay. of Penn State. You already touched on him. I have him as that mid-second round guy as well. Uh, I-, I just had him a bit above uh, Brown McKinley. I did get to watch a couple of uh, – 2021 games with the all 22 um since we last talked about him made me move him up a little bit not a whole lot okay um i I did like it i i had him very close i thought he was in a tier with this uh i had four to seven as a tier um yeah i would agree with that so um i just think my favorite player i would go four to seven in terms of uh what i like most out my safeties um in terms of how I value it, but, uh, no, very good anticipatory, um, skills. Um, we talk about when we talk about him, um, not necessarily the most athletic, not necessarily having the greatest range, but he has enough range when you pair it with these, with those instincts that he's shown to be able to make plays on the ball. Um, so who is your number five? Uh, this is the other, uh, this, I guess this is the second, the first pair, the first, the second part of the first pair that we mentioned, and it's Leon O'Neill, the other safety from Texas A&M, who's more of their uh, down in the box, strong safety type. Uh, he's the senior. Uh, he's played in every game since he was a true freshman in 2018. Um, actually, it's weird. Like they, they're, the way they use their safety rotations is very weird, um, but I really liked him a lot. Uh, great pursuit angles. Um you know, in terms of the, where he's going, uh, sometimes just he's coming downhill too hot and being aggressive. But like we've said with a lot of these guys, you know, I'd rather have you be more aggressive and I can teach you to slow down as opposed to the opposite. 
Um, uh, but, you know, really solid in coverage, um, does a good job in terms of avoiding blocks and taking them on. Um, <clears throat> and the other, the only issue I had with him is there's just not a ton of man coverage reps, but very solid in, you know, zones, both shallow and deep. So a really good player that I think, you know, maybe not, maybe people aren't sleeping on as much, but, you know, people are not really aware of how good this guy is. Yeah. And so for my number five is someone you already mentioned. And I, I will say I did have, I did mentioned last time I had a tier four to seven. Initially I had a tier from three to seven. And then I wanted to rewatch a little bit of all those guys to try to rank out that tier. And uh, my number three guy kind of separate himself from the rest of the tier. Um, definitely that second watch was worth it with him. But uh, for me, you already mentioned him. It's Jordan Battle from mm-hmm. Alabama. Um, really loved him triggering downhill and zone and against the run. Um, I have a mid second round on him as well. I little, I'm a little bit higher. We, again, we had the exact same uh, best trait, worst trait improvement trait for him when we did the podcast. So we see him very similarly. I just think I value that a little bit higher uh, personally. So uh, I'll, I'll take this one, my number four, because it's a guy you have already mentioned here. Um, Leon O'Neill jr from texas a&m man i love this guy mm-hmm. he, he's he might be there one through three it's all very very good players um in terms of these like day two guys he might be the most fun to watch mm-hmm. um aggressive great tackler um not necessarily great form mm-hmm. uh, yep. but uh <laughs> but great tackler in the sense of you just want to watch them tackle dudes. And uh, I really liked him in underneath zones as well. Um, I think if you're in a uh, cover uh, three heavy scheme, I think you would absolutely love this guy, just mm-hmm. his ability to play as that box type guy and not necessarily um, not necessarily worry about him size-wise because he does have really good size, be able to have him – play underneath zones, play in the box, be able to come downhill and tackle. And it's not, he's not just limited to that type of scheme though. He, he can play um, more or less whatever you want. He's not going to be very good in man coverage, but in terms of if you need him to play split field zones, if you want to play quarters cover two, he's not going to be great. It's not going to be a strength, but he's able to do it. And, yeah, definitely. And so I think, I think, I think teams are just going to fall in love with this guy when they watch him, especially when they get the coaches involved in the, in the draft room. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just a guy I absolutely love. And like you said, not enough people are talking about him. And this is a guy where it's just, you know, you look everywhere and everywhere has him as a him and uh Richardson everyone has him like fifth sixth round and yeah that doesn't that just doesn't make any sense to me like I you know maybe they just haven't really taken into account the more recent film but yeah I mean I just don't get it like this is such a great safety duo and they both they both do like so much you know in terms of how just how they rotate their safeties like they are both doing a lot and like you said like with O'Neal like playing deep you know deep middle and you know covering man in the slot aren't his best traits but like like you said like he can do them and if you're in defense that you know asks him to do the man coverage on tight ends, you know, that's a really good matchup for your defense. And I think what you've said about this tier of guys, this, these four guys is, uh, 
really perfect because like I, I have this like my number four is Verone McKinley and I'll talk about him in a second but like this tier of McKinley O'Neill battle and Brisker I think all of them kind of bunch up together in that you know basically just in the second round and you know we kind of have the order jumbled up a bit between us but they're all kind of around that same range for us and you know I think the, the common thread is that these are all guys that you can see a way that they can get on the field immediately and contribute and they are not necessarily going to be a liability in many ways if they're on the field. You know, I think there are ways you can scheme them up where you can hide their deficiencies, but even those deficiencies aren't, aren't critical failures if, you know, they're being targeted by the offense. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. And so uh, I'll let you go on to Verone McKinley here for a little bit. Yeah. So I liked him and I give it more than you, as I said, and I think my biggest difference is like you said, there wasn't really, you weren't sure if there was an elite trait. And I think my disagreement there would be, I think that his um, just kind of raw speed is the difference maker there. And that's a bit of a, it's a bit of two things. Like it's the, uh, it's the play speed, but it's the foot speed. It's also the play speed. You know, this guy is just clearly on a different athletic level than a lot of other players. Um, just, and I think that's a big reason why he's able to make so many plays in the ball this season. Um, he's uh, played all three, say all three safety roles, but I think he's best as a free safety. And, you know, you can do either two, two high or single high um, alignments. He can play the slot. I like his pursuit angles. Um, what I do not like, and I think this might be kind of where your issue with him might be in addition to the ball skills thing. Um, he's not the, he's likes, he doesn't really like to tackle that much. And his form isn't that great. And some of his uh, mental uh, aspects of his game in terms of like reading the backfield from single high, um, triggering downhill from back there, and then just kind of processing route concepts. Yeah, needs a little refinement. He is a junior. So, you know, he's one of the younger players in, in terms of the guys that we're watching. But I think that that speed is going to be just a rare trait that some teams are going to covet. And, you know, you kind of say, okay, like he's a little raw with some of these other issues, but I think we can fix that. And, you know, even if he's still making some mistake, that speed can help make up for it. And like I said, like maybe the ball skills aren't there all the time, but he has displayed the ability where it's like, okay, this guy can be a true ball hawking free safety. So I think that because that skill set is relatively rare, that's why I liked him a little bit more than you, I think. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you hit on one of my things is uh, you mentioned the tackling and his uh, struggles there. Um, if you haven't noticed, I am a big fan of my sa- of uh, safety st- that can tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've harped on it with just about every player <laughs> this list so far. Um, so that moves us to three. And I think we have the same three guys. I'll be interested to see if we have two and three flip. So I mentioned uh, when I watched, I watched three through seven again to try to sort out the tier. And what I noticed going back, watching more film, is three definitely uh, separate himself from this tier. And I wasn't a hundred. I wasn't in on him as a first rounder. He is now for me. It's uh, Lewis Seen from Georgia. Um, welcome to welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, uh, my best trait um, was uh, again. I said it before, it's tough to pick out a best trait because mm-hmm. they're all pretty good. And it's tough to pick out a worst trait because they're all pretty good. Um, just all around this. I think, <laughs> I think if there wasn't a Kyle Hamilton, he would be the safest safety in this draft by far. 
I okay. think he is safer. I like safer that. I like Bill. that a lot. Yeah, I think he's a very safe player. Mm-hmm. I if a team takes him first round, like you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to get a very good, solid, dependable starter. And yeah, he has he has good upside. I'm not saying he doesn't have high upside, but like he just has a extremely high floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I had like the one thing that I had uh quarrel with before was like he didn't have sideline to sideline range and you know watch and i think he has plenty of range um to be able to get the job done for what he's asked i think he's scheme versatile i don't think he's going to have any issues whatsoever um uh you know you you can ask what the elite elite thing he does is and i think that's what separates uh one and two from him um and mainly one with Hamilton. It, yeah <laughs> but uh but i think the i think the difference here is just when you can be so extremely good at everything you don't necessarily need that elite trait yeah i would agree and like this is something we talked about with versatility and i i think that it's a little different with uh scene because you know, like we said, like everything is really good. There really is. I would not say there's a weakness to his game. You know, my, my issues with him were kind of just playing a little more aggressively, you know, maybe taking some more chances or just see, or just, you know, attacking things as soon as he sees them. I think that when I, the film I watched him, he was giving himself a half a beat to, to confirm what he saw. And then he still had the athletic ability to, you know, attack it and make a play. And I think this year he's kind of been like, all right, I'm going to play a little more free because I know what I'm seeing more now. And he's been, you know, one of the best saves in college football. And yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he's my number two. Uh, I'll come back around on the other guy after I finish talking about him. But yeah, I mean, I think you can pretty much any team can draft him. And as long as you don't have like an elite safety channel of two pro bowlers, you know, if you're like the Bronco, I mean, even the Broncos could probably, you know, get him on. They love to draft defensive backs and just load up there. So they could probably find a use for him, but you know, very few teams, if the Steelers brought back Trey or Terrell Edmonds, you know, maybe he doesn't play as much there because they like Edmonds a lot. But, you know, almost any team of you, if you draft him, he's one of your starting safeties immediately, and he's gonna, not going to be a liability. He's going to be an asset on your defense. So I really love Lewis Seen. I think he's going to be a special player. Um, I'll keep going with the other guy who I assume is your number two. It's Daxton Hill, the safety from Michigan, who is mostly their slot corner this season, to be honest, but he does everything. Uh, really good athlete, really quick player, just trigger and acceleration is awesome. Um, you know, great instincts, you know, sees things uh, really well, reacts really quickly, um, despite being relatively undersized at six foot 192. He's a good tackler, good block shooter, very willing to come downhill and run defense. Um, I'm not sure about his man coverage going down the field. And that's something that, you know, we, you talked about kind of the, uh, concern about being safe and you know that's something that if he's asked to play in the slot a lot that could be a problem um, and he doesn't have a ton of ball skills he's you know improved on that later in the season but uh, that's again you know we talked about that with McKinley like some guys just don't have that and that might not be you know that might be a problem later on but you know he has all the physical tools to be a very good player in this league for a long time as well yeah for sure and I I he was obviously my number two um, I loved his uh, trigger I thought uh, he had good range. I thought he was very aggressive. I really liked mm-hmm. that out of him and a good athlete as well. Just a, uh, just one of these guys where you, you really, really like his potential to be a um, 
single high safety if you want. He can also play in term if you want to play a two high shell. Um, he can do that. He can do a lot of stuff. Like you said, the one thing you don't want him doing right, at least right away, he has the athletic ability where eventually maybe, but he just doesn't have the skill and the technique yet is that man coverage ability in the slot. Um, but uh, like you said, if he's playing a lot more slot this year, maybe he is developing that. I'm getting better at that. And because he does have the athleticism to be able to do that. He mm-hmm. just had, didn't really see it on film in 2020. Um, so um, I guess that leaves us with our uh, number one guy. Right? Yeah, we're going consensus again. And I mean, yeah. it, it's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Um, best trait, everything. Um, Worst trait, nothing. He's well, perfect. Yeah, yeah. He's here no. and he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my... Uh, I think my problem with them when we went over the big, uh, the Midwest safeties was like, um, he isn't quite good enough at, uh, at block shedding for his size. It's yeah. like, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. You know, he's, he doesn't have uh, his pass rush plan developed that much, so we can't use him as a defensive end on certain downs. See, that's, that's probably about it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, like way to, way to go nitpick like the, the one thing that like is very rarely used, very yeah. rarely needed, and just like oh, and he's fine. He's just not as good as you would expect. Yeah, he's he's he is as he is as good at this as the other safeties in the class, and then he's just miles ahead of them and everything else. But I mean, again, like just a supersized Derwin James kind of player, you know. Which having saying a guy is a supersized Derwin James is just ridiculous in itself. Um, I thought the way that they moved him this year before his injury is really interesting. You know, moving him back uh or moving him in the slot this year because they lost jeremiah wusukormo so they wanted him to be closer to the ball to make more plays um and obviously he got hurt so that kind of sucks and it seems like he's still going to declare he's opting i think obviously he's opted out of the bowl game because they i think they said he could have came back but no need to risk it um especially now that they're not in a in the college football playoff but you know this guy is a top five player in the class possibly top three um, some could argue he's probably the best prospect in the class. He probably just won't be the number one pick because he's a safety, but this guy is awesome. Uh, he's just great at everything. Um, I think I, again, like I'll be honest in terms of Nick picking, like maybe man coverage is a little bit of a struggle, but just because he hasn't been used there that much, you know, again, playing free safety a lot last year, playing the slot a little more this year, but still just not as much man as you would expect. So, you know, that might be one area that he initially struggles, but I don't foresee it being a long-term issue for him. Yeah, neither do I. And uh, I, I think I think the limiting factor for how high he is drafted is just the positional value. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's going to be the only thing where you have guys that are similar prospects um, at more valuable positions get taken above him. But, uh, you know, it, again, if someone, however high you take him, wherever you take him, I think it's going to be a solid pick no matter what. So I, I think this is going to be, I don't, foresee really anybody uh not having hamilton as their top guy i think it's going to be pretty consensus across the board yeah and i mean we mentioned how good the safety class is and i think we've both got about nine guys who we think could be going the first two rounds yep that's just pretty nuts and like you know if i rewatch brandon joseph from this year and see stuff like i i could be convinced of that um, and then kind of, so like I could see there being, you know, 10 safeties taken in the first 64 picks and then, you know, maybe like 
almost maybe like maybe 15 taken in the first hundred picks. So, I mean, this, this safety class is so good, so diverse, so deep. It's just really good to see. Cause like, this is a position that's changing a lot in the NFL these days. And it's going to be cool to see how these guys uh, fit in at the next level. Yeah. You see a lot of teams willing to play with three safeties out there mm-hmm. quite a bit. So uh, the need is there as well. Just, mm-hmm. um, just a very, becoming a very valuable position um much more so than it has been in the past um especially with a lot of these guys that you see um doing a whole lot of stuff and the higher use of the too high shell um that uh, Vic Fangio Brandon Staley type defense coming uh into uh popularity um it's going to really increase their value as well especially a lot of these versatile guys um, that we have this year so that'll be it for our safeties uh here um we will be back next week uh we will be previewing um the new year's six bowls and college football playoff matchups so until then let's get fired up